Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. High noon on the day before the day before. That can only mean one thing. What can it mean? It's time for Euler Emotes inside the Electric Factory for the next two hours right here on your home of the Steelers. Arthur Motes, the day before the day before. The penultimate to the penultimate. The home opener. We got some questions about this yesterday, and it was something that I wanted to, you know, wait for today as we, uh, on Twitter, got some some Photoshop Fridays rolling in here oh, yeah, already, no, at no, Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. And I, I, I thought, I was thinking about this coming in today, and again, like I said, we, we had some... Um, some people who tweeted us some similar questions asking about this kind of stuff yesterday. I figured it'd be more appropriate for today. The home opener. Uh-oh. We know when you hear home opener, right? I think that's normally a term that's like more so associated with baseball. But I don't. Don't you disrespect football hey, and wait, put wait, it as a hold on. back burner to hold on, baseball. Hold on, wait, hold on, wait. What? Knockwood if you don't talk baseball. Yeah, we don't talk no baseball in here. Come on, baby. <laughs> but I don't care what sport it is, right? There's something about that first home game of the season. Uh, depending on what the sport is. The weather's usually nice. Uh, you've got some friends, maybe some family, that this is like a big get-together thing for you guys. Maybe it's you know first time you're seeing people that you tailgate with, friends that you have, that this is a real bonding, a real social event for you. Absolutely. And it's just one of those, like it sounds cliche and it sounds corny, and I hate it when people say it, but I'm finding myself saying it now. It's like one of those hope is eternal type things. You know what I mean? Mm. Like on, on the, the home opening day, everyone's got a smile on their face. Everyone's still optimistic about the season. Everyone's still fired up. Absolutely. It, it's just a unique afternoon. Oh, yeah, man. I just think about from my time's plan, the drive in going for the home opener would be so awesome. Seeing all those Being fans. There, absolutely. The fans going crazy. For me, man, having the kids in the car with me, my wife, everybody in their jerseys. Dolled up to the to the nines and those five five yeah, jerseys, yeah, you know. And then when you pulling up, the fans they don't even know who it is necessarily because you know the windows got to be a little have a little tint on them, but they just know it's somebody and they start going crazy. You crack the window so they can see, and they're like, "Oh, it's most <laughs> man, it's the body." Some of the most awesome memories, man, doing that type of stuff, and just the energy, man, in the locker room when you're coming back to your home locker room when it's real now, not the preseason. Mm-hmm. When it's real, when it really counts, getting dressed, getting out there on that field, and that opening kickoff, even Places before the opening jumping. kickoff, when they just do the intros, oh, the intros, you come out that tunnel, oh, man, you get goosebumps, man. It's crazy. And I think, you remember, was it 2013, the home opener against the Titans? Uh, I don't know. I was in Buffalo. So it would have been right. Twenty thirteen, because because if that because that was your last but, year in Buffalo. Yes, so I think I'm yeah. right here. Yeah, because that's the game where uh, DeCa- no DeCastro hurt Pouncey. Pouncey. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at that game. Ooh. It's the last Steelers game I've been to as a fan. Mm. It's the only home opener Steelers game I've ever been to. Oh, and wow. it was it was like I. So, I you, so you're not going to be here on Sunday then, correct? Oh no, I'm gonna be working. I'm gonna be okay. Sitting you here. make sure you work. Here All right. In these studios working. <laughs> Unfortunately, at least for the time being, my days of attending Steelers games as a fan are, are they're on the back burner. Well, for well now. I'm sure that's good for the players because I remember one guy got put out for the year. That's true, man. Yeah, maybe I, I, I was, you blaming that on me? I, somebody got to get blamed. I'm blaming it on the Titans. 
Somebody got to get blamed. With that day, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was that was the time. Absolutely, <laughs> you're right. Somebody has to get blamed. Somebody oh no, get any spaghetti? Well, maybe it's a good thing I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even more so this year, I think. After what happened last week, right? Mm-hmm. And you go up to Foxborough, and you lose to Brady and the Patriots and those guys. Uh, the zero and six up there in Foxborough and the Tom Brady in the games that Tom Brady has started. Unfortunately, yes. And. and you know, we've we don't need to get into this anymore. We've broken it down all Come week. Come on, man! It's not like they lost, um, like the Houston Texans did on a last right. second play. It was a it was a thirty point loss. When you have all that noise and all that you know glass half empty and all that negativity all week and all those people we talked about it jumping off the uh, bandwagon <laughs> off the Clemente Bridge into right, the right. river, punting on the Steelers season already. Maybe after you have a tough start like that being able to come back home for the first time is even more uplifting. Yeah, man, without a doubt. It's something about being able to just flush officially everything that happened the week before, all the negative that happened the week before. Even think about everything that was leading up to that game from a media standpoint. It was a lot of talk. Hey, man, what do you feel like going up into New England? Are you worried about the distractions? Are you worried about this? What about that? It was so many questions. Whereas now in Pittsburgh, you don't have to deal with that. The biggest question right now is, are you guys going to go out there and execute? Are you guys going to go out there and perform to your best ability? Are you guys going to win? Not, hey, man, what about the the, the headsets? What about the crowd noise? <laughs> what about the hotels? What about when they play this song? Right? They're not worrying about that stuff. What's the only thing they're worried about is when Renegade drops, who's going to make the first play? <clears throat> And speaking of which, that's a great transition by you. David chimes in here on Twitter, and he wants to know, in your personal... i got to get the exact wording here, because he put it perfectly. He said, can Motsi please describe to us mere mortals? <laughs> uh, David, the term we were going with is muggles, okay? Remember, you know, Motsi's from the wizarding community. We're just a bunch oh, of muggles here. Can Motsi please describe to us mere mortals what it's like to be suited up, standing in Heinz Field in the heat of battle, and Renegade comes on? Man... I could tell you from both sides. Okay, yeah, I, that's true. I've been on the the visiting team when it's dropped. I've been on the home team when it's dropped. Now we'll start with the visiting team, just for radio purposes, yeah, right? Absolutely, you gotta you gotta you gotta tease you gotta the build good up, stuff, right? So uh, I remember all week they're talking about, hey, they're gonna play this song. I'm gonna play this song. Did you guys play it a bunch in practice and stuff? Like no, a fight so, song in college. So this is the thing. So they just kept saying, hey, look, they got this song. They're gonna play. Somehow it gets everybody going. The crowd goes crazy. <laughs> Somehow I don't we don't. It's like this old song from the seventies, but they it's, love it. it we like, don't know. For some reason, they like the song. It's not even a good song. That's how they described it to us. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I ain't worried about no song. Whatever. Just quick, th- quick. I had a buddy who moved here from L.A. Uh-huh. when we were sophomores in high school. The biggest thing that he couldn't understand about Yinzers, it wasn't the fries on the sandwich. Yeah. It was like, it's like, why is Renegade the song to get hyped to? It's like that song's like fifty years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was the whole thing. It was like. Hey, it's the song. It's not even a good song. It's old, like, but everybody goes crazy. They swing the terrible towels, and typically they make like crazy plays after that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't believe in any of that mythological, mysterious mojo stuff, man. If you could ball, you could ball. If you can't, you can't. That's how I was feeling about it. So fast forward to the game, and this and, is still when you're on the other side. Yeah, right? I'm still, I'm still in Buffalo. So we come down here, and I'm like, all right, because I had played the Steelers before, but never at Hinesville. So I'm like, man, I played them before. They don't have no superpowers that happen in late in the game. I don't want to hear none of that crap. Yeah, so uh, game's tight. Next thing I know, screen goes black. I'm like, oh, what's this? Power go out. Like, I knew, yeah. I'm like, I knew y'all what couldn't afford. I know y'all can't pay your bills down here because you know I'm on the other side. 
man, next thing I know, I hear, do, do. I'm like, huh? Oh, my. I'm like, what the heck is this? And I'm like, oh, that's that song, huh? So I'm laughing like, yeah, whatever. I start seeing everybody jumping up and down, towels swinging. I'm like, oh, y'all going crazy in here right now. And sure enough, what happens? Big time punt return, change the game. I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. And then we end up losing. Unreal. So that's my. my <laughs> so there is some magic yeah, to it. Yeah, so that's my away side. game. That's my, my visitor side element. But now my home side, man. I remember the first time I heard it play. I'm out here, got my jersey on. You look up, you see the highlight. And when and the thing, too, was like when the fans start going crazy when that screen hits black, it didn't matter who it was on that sideline. Everybody was getting hyped. Coaches were getting hyped. I see Coach T beating his chest. I'm like, bro, what? I've never seen a coach get hyped for something they're about to put on the Jumbotron. They play stuff all the time on the Jumbotron. Usually coaches aren't even right, paying attention. Pay attention. That but when that dropped, Oh, he beat his chest. Hey, it's time. You know what this means. And we're like, what? All right. All right. Next thing I know, man, yeah, you start getting the goosebumps. You start seeing the highlights going. And, man, I was blessed enough to actually not only be on the highlights for my plays, but, man, when they started using my face for the, yeah. ah! Oh. The best. Takes to a whole other level, man. Like, the goosebumps, just the, the energy that you get. And, and literally from a defensive standpoint. It becomes a race to see who's gonna make that play right out of Renegade. Because when you make that play, man, it will cause a earthquake in Pennsylvania, bro. Like it's just that serious. And the fans just do such a phenomenal job of always being there and being present for that moment. Like I don't care who you are, how old you are, when that song drops, everybody's on their feet, everybody's waving their terrible towels, and everybody is going crazy. And that's the part I love. I got I've got a renegade story for you. All mm, right. This is right. it's it's not nearly as cool as yours, I don't think, but I think Steeler Nation will still appreciate this. My renegade story happened January sixteenth, two thousand and eleven. Mm. Divisional round of the playoffs at Heinz Field. Absolutely. Against those Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. They're not either of our boys. Uh I was at the game with my best friend, my older cousin Jared. Um we had both we're kind of in that stage where he, we, I was, he had just finished college. I was about, you know, I was like a year or so away from graduating mm -hmm. and he was able to get tickets and we drove up from Morgantown and, you know, like I'm so hyped. It was the first time I'd been to a Steelers playoff game since I was seven or eight years old. Oh, wow. Um, I was, I had just turned 21 within the year. So, you know, it's like I can go to a Steeler game and I can, you Oh, know, you can really enjoy the I festivities. I can really enjoy myself. Playoffs against the Ravens in January in Pittsburgh. You can't get much better than that, except for we were down 21-7 to at halftime. Mm. And it was very doom and gloom in there. Actually, that's rough. And this was like the third time in like five years that the Steelers had played the Ravens in the playoffs, right? And the previous two, the Steelers beat the Ravens in heartbreaking fashion. And it was there was just kind of this air around the stadium that, that you know what maybe this is the year that the Ravens finally do they get got us. our number ah twenty one to seven the Steelers are down at halftime right third quarter starts and it didn't take long before the Ravens got backed up inside their own ten I think it was inside their own twenty definitely maybe own ten and it's like all right here we go something's got to happen here. Renegade comes on early in the third quarter. Ooh. Like, I had never seen it this early. It it's was usually maybe, a fourth quarter. It was maybe like only like, eight, you know, like the four minutes in yeah. the, into the third quarter. Renegade comes on. The place, while it had been kind of subdued, just that switch flips. Erupts. And it's like, all right, we got them backed up in their own end zone. We're only down two scores. If we can get good field position here, if we can make something happen here, we're right back in this. 
everyone's going nuts. And right before the, Wah! the screaming <laughs> part on the jumbotron, yeah. My cousin and I had great tickets. We're like four rows off the field in the end zone, in the closed closed end zone. All right, so we're right across from the jumbotron. There's Ravens fans, two of them, a dad and a son, sitting Mm. uh, at the end of our row. The guy in front of us, who was like you could just tell a crazy Steelers diehard, he wasn't wearing a shirt at the game, and it's the middle of January. All right, that's all I need to tell you. Those are the best type. (laughs) He turns and looks at those Baltimore Ravens fans, points at him, and goes. You will remember this moment for the rest of your lives. Two plays later, Lamar Woodley strip sack fumble. Wow. A minute later, Heath Miller touchdown pass from Big Ben. It's 21-14. We're right back in it. Place is going nuts. Wow. Ravens get the ball again. Troy Polamalu forces a turnover. Wow. Two or three plays later, Heinz Ward in the back of the end zone. I mean, it was right in front of us. I could have reached out and caught this pass. Oh, man. Heinz Ward in the back of the end zone. All of a sudden, in a flash, it's 21-21 tie That's game. Crazy. And these Ravens fans are standing there on the end of our row Sick. like, what just happened? Sick. What just happened? Steelers go on to win 31-24. to That's wild, bro. That was my renegade moment. That crowd was dead. That team yes, seemed lifeless. it turns it on, man. Until they hit that renegade. And that guy in front of us turns yeah. around and goes, you will remember this moment I like for the that. rest of your life. And I the defense like forces two straight turnovers. The offense scores two straight touchdowns. Steelers go on to win. They beat the Jets in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. We won't talk about what happened in the Super Bowl against the Packers. <sighs> but that was my renegade moment. Moment. Yeah, that's awesome. That bro. was a lot of fun. I, yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> you live for those type of moments, man. In big time games like that, too. That's crazy. And just with the Ravens fans, too. And with the guy yelling at oh, him, yeah. like, you'll you remember, remember. I guarantee you they remember day. that for the rest of the Oh, life. no, that was a legendary day, man. Legendary moment for him, man. Shoot, <laughs> uh, I, I just enjoy the times where I've had the rare occasion of being a part of the double renegade. Ooh. Where they played it twice and you're like, oh that's rare. Yeah. That's, that's, like, that's like seeing a unicorn. Right. That's we've like had we, we've hit it twice public. and you're like, oh, we're we're cooking today. Like <laughs> it's one of them days. <laughs> yeah. It's one of them days. We're having some fun here. It's also Photoshop Friday. Our guy David just hit us with a nice I one saw here it. on Twitter. If you want to see that <laughs> at Wesley Euler at the body fifty two. The body. When we come back here, I want to ask Moats another thing that we got a few questions about. Uh, his superstitions on game day, mm. as well as talk about some Steelers who were nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All that and more as we return. It's Eula Remotes on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, it's a lot of fun having this guy on the other side now. <sighs> Just a wealth of renegade knowledge, X's you know, and O's knowledge. I bring what I can to the table. Every type of knowledge. I just do what I do. Having people throw beer on you knowledge. Hey, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> don't. don't anybody be thinking about throwing any bear, uh, beers at your tailgate tomorrow. Hey, uh, you're tomorrow, right, man. Don't go to the tailgate tomorrow. Don't, yeah. I be mean, there on wanna, Sunday. Yeah, be there Sunday. Hinesville, Red Lot 5A, the terrible tailgate. I'll be out there doing my live recording of the Arthur Mote Show. Woo. It's going to be awesome. Hey. I might even have you on the show. You know how I do it, man. Fan interaction is always key. Oh, so, you uh, as in them. I thought you meant me. Dang oh, it. I mean, well, you're going to be working. That's why not you. Come on, bro. You know that. <laughs> I'm going to be back here at the studios. Yeah, but for those that will be out there in Hinesville, I'll be down there. Like I said, Red Lot 5A before the game, having a blast, shooting my show. Make sure you come through. Family, kid-friendly. 
And then after the game, be at Cosmo, which is also going to be family, care-friendly as well to pull up on. So, yeah, man, we just do what we do. I like it. You're uh, going to the game. Yes. As a as a normal person, as Absolutely. one of us. I'm excited. Taking the whole family? I am for the opener, yes. My, my wife, she was like, yeah, man, I think this would be awesome. You know, it's your first time. Weather should be nice. Yeah, and it's early in the year, so we're always key on that. And it's like the kids are excited, and it's an early game. If it was a night game, then it's like, nah. But for the early, like, you know, we could, we could do it for the early, you know. It'd be uh, a good time. Is it the first time you've ever gone to, I don't know, maybe a JMU game, but have you ever been able to take the whole family and tailgate and do the whole football experience? Oh, never. I've never had a chance to tailgate okay. first Not time. even for a JMU game. Yeah, never. Anything. Just because, okay. like, playing-wise, I was always sure, playing. And then, it's not like you were going to go right. party on Saturday when you and had a then, game on Sunday. And then anytime I come into town to do JMU stuff or even come to a game, typically, man, my weekend when I'm down there is booked up between, hey, can we get you to – Show up at this station. Can we get sure. you to talk to this team? Can we get you to do this? Just so, this baby. Shake these hands. Yeah, man. So it's like I have zero time to just like cut loose and have a blast with it, man. Even this week when I go down there, once we uh, get off the air today, because mm-hmm. I got a uh, color commentary. Right. So even no with that. No for Arthur Moses nah, this weekend. Get, hey, hit the road. Get a quick nap. Wake up in the morning and it's time to get on the air. Get I, ready to go. I saw you did an interview with my guy Greg Medea. Yes, there, yes, Greg, Steelers, that's my guy. Yeah. You know, him and I were we were in the same major at WVU, like at the same Yo, time. Like we had a awesome, ton of bro. classes together. We worked together at the radio station. Yeah. Greg's a good dude, man. I, I awesome happy, guy. I was happy to see you giving this this Steelers Nation radio shout out in that. Hey, you too. already you know, know, baby. Come on, know. man. And we got a bunch of questions coming in here uh, on Twitter.com at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. We'll get to some of those in just a second. But before we do, Arthur Motes, we got to do a little housekeeping here. Uh Uh-oh, talk to me then. Six Pittsburgh Steelers Mm -hmm. announced yesterday the nominees, right? That's the proper term. The nominees for the 2020 Hall of Fame class. Yes, in the modern era. In the modern era, yep. It starts with a bigger group that gets narrowed down to semifinalists and And then finalists. And so on and so on. Yep, Yep. and right now in the original, you know, the first group to come out. Mm Mm-hmm. Six Pittsburgh Steelers on that list. Yeah, man, we're pretty big time over here in Pittsburgh. And, I mean, it's a star-studded list. I would like to start with one of my former teammates, Troy Palomalu. Mm. He if headlines he, that list. If he's not first ballot, I'm going to go to Canton and have some some very select words for the people there. Listen, you won't be the only one who'll be doing that. Because I, myself, will be protesting and going crazy and, over this. And you know why, too? This is a good This is a good full circle thing. This uh-huh. is a good peel the curtain back. Our power grid, grid listeners will like All this. Right, let's hear it. You always like to say the Eagles are my boys, right? Because I worked, I worked in Philadelphia for the Eagles flagship and the Eagles Listen, radio network uh-huh. for three years. Born and raised the Yenzer, but I was out there in Philly for three years. And Arthur Motes likes to throw his, oh, your boys, the Eagles. That is your boys. I used to get in fights with people out there all the time that Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu were in a different class than Brian Dawkins. They were. It's not even close. Agreed. And so Brian Dawkins, I thought, rightfully, He was fairly, third. He was third out the group. He was a second ballot Hall of Famer. Right? I he, agree. He had to wait a year. And but, I thought that was fair. I thought he should have been a second ballot Hall uh-huh. of Famer. Right? You think that, that that's fair? I agree 100%. I thought T.O. should have been a first ballot. I agree. I agree with that, too. Especially okay. when Randy Moss was a first ballot. I think those... I, yeah, like, absolutely. Give me Moss, but that's you're, you're really splitting hairs there at that it, point. It, I'm just saying, if, if, if Ty about, Law's a first round, a first ballot Hall right. of Famer, T.O.'s a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's all I'm saying. So I used to get in arguments about Dawkins versus Palomalu and right. Ed Reed in that conversation, too. I need Troy to be a first ballot Hall of Famer because then I can go back to all my buddies in Philly and be like, Ed and Troy, first ballot. Dawkins, second yeah. ballot. The people have spoken. Listen, I need Troy to be a... Just because, man, 
from a personal relationship standpoint. He deserves it. He deserves it. That's one of my former teammates, a guy that I've admired throughout my career, throughout his career. I mean, he's one of the people that even my family, <laughs> when I was playing in Buffalo, they're like, yeah, we love you. We love this guy. But I got a Troy Palomalu jersey, too. And I'm like, dang, like, that's crazy. I can't even hate, though. I'm, I'm using head and shoulders because of him. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, man, it's huge that, that, that he's nominated. And I think that he should definitely get that nod, man. But to, to go down the list, man, another good friend of mine, Casey Hampton. Oh, the big snack. Absolutely. Didn't get a chance to play with him. But, man, just being able to bond and interact with him, build a relationship with him ever since I've come to Pittsburgh, some of the Steeler cruises that we've done together. Awesome dude, man. So definitely good to see him as a nominee. Got to shout him out. No doubt. He, all those guys that were, you know, talking Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton, Brett Kiesel. Speaking of, I just saw Aaron Smith last night, man. Did you? Yeah, he, he pulled up on us. Uh, all those guys, I think in their own way, were so underrated. Without a doubt. But Casey, Ham Aaron Smith too, but Casey Hampton might have been chief most amongst that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, guys like Debo and Woodley and Joey Porter, they were getting all the credit. But, man, he was just eating guys oh, on no every question. single play right there in the middle of the line of scrimmage. And a guy that benefited from him doing that, James Ferrier, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Potsy. My guy right here, man, another one. Phenomenal player, phenomenal leader, phenomenal mental game, coach on the field. I mean, whatever you want to say. He checks all he checks all those boxes. So it was awesome to see him get the nod for a Hall of Fame nominee as well. Then we still got my main man, Heinz Ward. Woo. How could you not? He's an he is for me a real litmus test going forward for wide receivers. Right? And here's what I mean by that. Okay. If Heinz Ward doesn't get in in the next dozen years or so, there's gonna be a lot of guys who have similar numbers to Heinz Ward. Yeah, very similar. But those then if Hines doesn't get in, none of those guys should get in. Because he was putting those numbers up in an earlier era. Yeah. And when he was being asked to do a lot more in the run game than these wide receivers are now. So if you want to tell me that Hines Ward belongs in the Hall of Very Good, not the Hall of Fame, I think that's what a lot of national football people say, right? Hines Ward's one of those guys, man, he was so good. He's just not a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Very Gooder. If that's your logic, that's fine. But then I better see a lot of these other receivers not make it in the next 10 to 12 years. I think it's going to be tough just because I feel like his impact on the game is greater than what his numbers were. Just looking at a, a box sheet or a stat right. sheet. And that's, that's my issue. And I feel like a lot of people here in Pittsburgh feel the same in terms of we know the impact that Hines had on games. We know that he changed the receiver position. From a blocking standpoint, they have rules that were made specifically for him. He has linebackers that to this day still look over their shoulders. So those are the things that it's like they don't show up in a stat sheet. But you know he's a generational person in that regard. But I still just when we look at some of the people that are going to be coming up. I just I don't know right now. And that's that's the issue. And it's I think that. If it doesn't happen soon, he's going to be one of those guys that it goes on for a while before he gets in. Because I still would have a problem, in my personal opinion, if Hines were to get in over Alifantica right oh, now. Oh, I think it's oh, – you want to talk about travesty. Right, it's so, a so, joke he's not in yet. But that's that's kind of how I look at it. And understanding that it's a slim amount of numbers for people that can even get in. And when you're looking at some of the names in this class, you're like, it's not an easy class. No. 
Not at all. It doesn't get and easy. And there's all the extra stuff going on with it being the NFL Absolutely. centennial class. Yeah, so when I look at all that, I'm just like, I don't know right now. I don't. I, I personally don't. I feel like Fanica should definitely get in, but he's he's took the hit. He's been sliding. Do they do maybe Fanica and Palomalu in the same year this year and just let Steelers Nation take over Canton as, I they, would, as they know they will? They could do that, and it would be awesome. Either oh, way, I plan control. on being in attendance. All if, of Pittsburgh if, would if be traveling across that the nod, If Troy gets the nod, I'm there. If Troy and Fanica get that, I'll probably be there with my face painted. If Troy and Fanica both get the nod, we better be there doing some shows. Yeah, but I'm be enjoying it too. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I, I want to have some play oh, and work. Although you know the thing we didn't think about with this, if Troy and Fanica both go in next year, that we got means the Hall the, of Fame the Steelers game. Steelers are probably getting put in the Hall of Fame game. Definitely getting the Hall of Fame game. Preseason week, <laughs> but but then we get the free trip to go out there. It's true. Business expense. Business expense. There's multiple ways to do this thing. So we've got. But, so right now we're sitting at Troy Palomalu, yep. James Ferrier, Casey Hampton, Heinz Ward. Alan Fanica is up there again. Mm -hmm. And then Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson. That was the one that I was like, oh, yeah, Gary Anderson. Yeah. The, he, and, and people forget because he's played on so many. Like He played on a good amount of teams. Right. But I was saying like, oh, you're right. He was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he's one of like arguably, if you're talking best kickers. Ever, oh, yeah. He's, absolutely. He's not the, but he's in the conversation. He's a, without a doubt, he's in the conversation. He, I mean, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't. I should be giving him more credit. He's on the NFL's 1980s all-decade team. He's on the NFL's 1990s. <laughs> All-decade team, uh, four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, scored 20, no, not 20, scored 2,434 points, uh, part of the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team as mm -hmm. well, too. But man, it's it's hard for kickers to make it. It's hard. Yeah, unless you're, what, Vinatieri or, or Vanderjack, uh, Vander Justin Tucker. Vanderjack, where'd he go to college? I don't remember. Somewhere in Morgantown, I think. It's only one Morgantown kicker I like, and he does it for Pat the McAfee? brand. For the brand. <laughs> he's the only one I like. That's the guy. He's busy. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe we could get him on the show, but he's rather busy right oh, yeah, now. Yeah, listen, everything he's got going. I, try, I try to pattern myself right now from a media standpoint after him, where I see he does like national radio he has his podcast tv tv so that's why you color commentary so here. yeah so it's like okay i see what he's doing and i'm like because i feel like that's more attainable especially he played in a smaller market whereas i look at michael strahan who played in new york city i'm like well when you're playing in the new york market it's yeah, different opportunities right, right out the way show. right <laughs> but i'm looking at at mcafee i'm like he was a punter granted he he balled out but eight years for him nine years for me when i look at like you said he was doing radio and he stuff throughout his career. Like personality, yeah. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I see how he grinds. I respect Although, the grind. And he's from, where is he from? Plum, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Absolutely. So I'm like, you know what? I like him. That's the only West Virginia guy I like. And he says it all the time, too. WVU was the only big school that offered him a scholarship. He was just waiting for one of the, mm. he was waiting for one of the local schools, but they never came a-knocking. Um, I... <laughs> Now i got to tell you this. Uh-oh. I, I, I told you my Renegade story. i got a Pat McAfee story for Ooh, you, too. All right, let's hear it. So his last year at WVU was my freshman year at WVU. Yeah. I started right away at WVU interning for the athletic department. I even I got to come down early my freshman year and move in because mm, okay. I had to be there like a week early to right. help the football team. And, you know, I was starting doing grunt work, you know, carrying cameras and filming practice and just kind of, you know, that stuff that you do when you start an internship. Pat McAfee's a senior, right? It's the Pat White, Pat McAfee senior year 
uh, after the year after we had beaten Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl and Rich Rod had left for Michigan, just to give you a little timeline right. here. So they had the first few days of practice were like an optional, you know, everyone's coming back into town, light workout type thing, right? And McAfee was one of the team captains. It's like Darius Raynaud, Pat White, and Pat McAfee were, right. the, were the three captains. First day, I'm there. I'm sweating. I'm going crazy. I'm carrying cameras. <laughs> no McAfee. Second day, same thing. Summer, whole team's there doing workout. No McAfee. So apparently there was a phone call from Bill Stewart to Pat McAfee after the second practice that was like, Pat, listen, I get it. Like, you're not required to be here right now. You're a special teams guy. Like, I get it. I know you still got it, but, like, you're a team captain. You're you a leader. It's like, right. I, just, I just need you here. It looks better. I just need you to show up. Next day of practice, right, I'm sitting there. It's probably 20 minutes before practice gets going, and I'm just double-checking, making sure the cameras are all set up. Right. They're in focus, all that kind of stuff. Got the white balance, all that good stuff. And you hear a... It's getting louder and louder. And McAfee comes through the tunnel out onto the field on a moped. Wow. Like a little scooter thing. Absolutely. Wearing gym shorts and a cut-off tie-dye t-shirt. Baller. I kid you not. For the brand. And, and he had really long hair at this point. I'm pretty sure he had a headband. Yeah. Everyone's stretching, right? Like Pat yeah. White's leading stretches, all this stuff. McAfee walks out with the little T thing. Sets it up, boots a 50-yard field goal. Like, stretches a little bit, boots a 50-yarder, first try, right down the gut. Looks at Bill Stewart and goes, yeah, coach, still got it. See you tomorrow. Wow. Gets back on his moped and rides out of the stadium. For the brand. It was my welcome to college football moment. Yo, that's crazy. It was I still tell that story all the time. That's awesome. He literally just walked in, like stretched his leg a little bit, booted a 50-yarder in a tie-dye t-shirt, looked right at Coach Stewart. Wow, Mo padded on out of here. That's crazy, bro. Pat McAfee, is a he's a five-star kind of guy. Absolutely. And so are you, Arthur Moe. Uh-oh, talk to me So how about when we come back here, a thing we like to do on Fridays... It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup! Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it! You know what we're about to do. Because we in it. Into the classroom with Professor Mo <sighs> and talk a little Five Star Friday when we come back. What are the five biggest matchups on Sunday against the Seahawks that will help determine the outcome, the winner and the loser? Well, Arthur Motes will tell you when we return. It's the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz. And as always, it's on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Having some fun inside the Electric Factory on a Friday. It is a five-star Friday. We're going to get that to here in just a second. But I wanted to make sure, and not even to really wrap up this conversation, but just for the sake of clarity... Uh, we talked about, mentioned that special NFL 100 Centennial Hall of Fame class. Absolutely. It's normally only five guys who get inducted. Correct. It's going to be 20 this year. Right. You're five regulars, and then there'll be 15 special added um, for guys who have been borderliners for a long time that haven't gotten in. Like one name that we know here in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. by the name of Allen. The guy who was so good, Venable. he could wear number 66, and no one even mentioned Mario Lemieux. 
Uh, there's going to be uh, there's some spaces set aside for contributors to the game who are not yes. in, like a guy like Bill Nunn, who meant so much to the Steelers in the Absolutely. 70s. Or like how you'll be in added. the future. Right. You, well, you will remote together. Right. We'll be enshrined like, Absolutely. you know, 30, 40 years from now. They'll put for, our heads together on contra- it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Do we share a bust? Like, is it like, I don't a, know, like yeah. a double-headed dragon bust? Right, right. As long as they have you with the long hair, not the short hair. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. That works. That works. And as long as you're making the renegade woo face. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out this year in the class, how they balance the five current guys with the older guys, with some of the contributors and some right. of the coaches and things like that. It will certainly be something. This might be the best chance right now for Allen, man, to get like it, it really hop is. in, man. It really. I'm with you on that. I like you this. got shortly. You know, I think another year or two here, you're going to have a lot of names like the Peyton Mannings yes. and a lot of those guys who start on to a come up, and then yeah. and then you go on another run again. Yeah. So we'll see, but we do know Uh-oh. Arthur Motes. Well, we know that Allen Fanick is a five star guy. Oh, you better believe it. Just like on Fridays, Uh-oh. it's time for five star. Yeah. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup! Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it! Arthur Motes, take him to class. All right, listen up. Five-star matchup is Friday. The first matchup that we are going to discuss, Steelers pass rush versus Russell Wilson. Yes, when I say the Steelers pass rush, I mean the front seven because not only are they going to have to pressure him, but they're going to have to contain him. Russell is historic in terms of taking potentially negative plays and turning them into positives. Oh. This cannot happen on Sunday if the Steelers want to be successful. They have to, when they get back there and get the pressure on him, bring him to the ground. Don't have him wrapped up and allow him to flip the ball out and turn a negative three play into a positive plus 10-15 play. Those are unacceptable, cannot happen. So, that's the first matchup on five-star Friday. And that's a complete flip in the mindset of when you're going against Tom Brady last week to a guy like Russell Wilson. Absolutely. Week, right? Absolutely. Big, because big with time Tom, flip. he's going to, he going he going if you get back there close enough to him, he'll fall down. He's not trying to take the hits. Russell's trying to extend it. Russell feels that like he's a, a better athlete. He feels that he's the better athlete over any defender, any offense, I mean, any defense alignment, any outside linebacker. Get he him in space and he, he can, can make, make a miss. miss. Absolutely. So that's why that matchup is so key. Now, the second matchup on this here, Five Star Friday. Five Star Friday. Matchup number two. Steelers wide receivers versus the Seahawks secondary. And no, 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 my friend. Not the Legion of Boom. Those days of Cam Chancellor, which is my good friend, Earl Thomas, Russell, uh, Richard Sherman. Those days are over. They're gone. There Michael is no more Bennett. Legion of Boom. He's not there anymore. They're not walking through that door no Cliff more. Cliff Averill? He's Wait, not walking through that right, door he's anymore. He's gone, right? I had to double he's gone. think about that one for a second. They're not walking through that door anymore, okay? Bruce so serving? He's not walking through that door anymore, but we don't need him because he's a West Virginia guy. <laughs> but when we look at this matchup for the Steelers receivers, that Seahawks secondary is by far the weak link of that defense. No doubt. Their front seven is nice. Their front seven is nasty. Their front seven has a lot of boy dogs. But that secondary... Oh, man, it's very underwhelming. Their best corner is young Griffin, uh, Shaquem. Mm-hmm. I believe I think I said it right. Is he the UCF guy? Or is that a different Griffin? The one who was who doesn't have the hand Correct. but plays for the Seahawks? That, yes. That's Shaquem Griffin, right? Yeah, Shaquem is the younger brother, though. Okay. Yeah. Sha- uh, uh, got you. Yeah. Got you. Yep, so when you look at that secondary, he's their best corner. Other than that, they have a lot of holes, a lot of flaws, and they got destroyed by Tyler Boyd. And John Ross III, even though he couldn't catch a cold for some parts of that game. (laughs) 
So that's why that's the second matchup. Steelers receivers versus that Seahawks secondary. Now, fives. Oh, wait, sorry. You ready to move on to three or are we still on I'm two? ready to go to three, baby. Five star Friday. Matchup number three. Steelers offensive line versus Jadavion Clowney. Hmm. Now, listen, we all know how awesome the Steelers offensive line has been. Granted, we didn't get to see them in full force on Sunday versus the Patriots. It wasn't the best performance from them. Jadavion Clowney was traded to the Seattle Seahawks. And even though he didn't participate in training camp, preseason, OTAs, he did not look like he missed the beat on Sunday versus that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. He's only he get was more creating havoc. He looked like he was in great shape. They lined him up on the right side, the left side, the interior. So all of the Steelers offensive linemen are going to have their opportunity. You'll get your chance. You're going to get your chance versus Jadavion County. What are you going to do when you get it? Are you going to be the offensive line that we know you can be? Are you going to be the offensive line that people put the respect on you to be? Are you going to be arguably the best offensive line Tell for them. the third, fourth, fifth consecutive year? The offensive you, line that has four former pro bowlers on it. If and, you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, it starts Sunday, 1 o'clock, Hinesville versus Davey Yon Clowney. To stick with Clowney. Yes, indeed. I think there was a lot of... Oh, how can he be that? He's only at nine. His highest career high for sacks is only nine and a half. I mean, TJ beat that. He can't be that good. You saw last year mm -hmm. the Texans really start to figure out how to deploy him. Mm -hmm. And it seems like only after one week, Pete Carroll and company already have a pretty good idea of how to use him. And that's on the interior of the line. Absolutely. Just with his pure speed and power, as opposed to asking him to bend across the edge like the Texans did his first couple years yes. in the league. But even when he lines up outside, he has an awesome inside move. And if he's isolated out there, he takes advantage of the tackles. But I will say this. Sacks aren't always indicative of a player's productivity. I'll say that again. Sacks are not always indicative of a player's productivity. So say it one more time for me, Mozi. Sacks are not always indicative of a player's productivity. And here's why. The sacks can come from a guy not blocking you. The sacks can come from... Coverage sack. Coverage sack. He had five, six seconds. The sacks can come from the quarterback was running out of bounds and you were the closest defender to him when he was behind the line of scrimmage. That's a sack. When I look at Jadavion Clowney's productivity, I look at the QB hits. I look at the pressures. I look at the batted passes. I look at how he commands multiple eyes, multiple players to him. Those are the things that I look at, and those are the reasons why he's one of the top players from a defensive standpoint in this league. No doubt. And I think, like you said, for him, his head had to be spinning last week. New team, doesn't get any training camp. New coaches, mm -hmm. new teammates, new things he's being asked to do. I mean, he said he didn't even know what a cafeteria was. He's still having <laughs> trouble with that. Right, right. Hey, go out there and play in the game. He's probably still trying to find permanent residence there in Seattle Absolutely. to live. He's only going to get better and more comfortable and more familiar with that defense as it goes along. And I think, yeah, he's going to... Uh, I think he's going to make some doubters eat their words this year. I, I agree as well. But I just hopefully do. not Sunday at Heinz Field at 1 o'clock. That's definitely the plan, which is why that's one of my five-star matchups. Five-star Friday matchup number four. Steelers defense. Yes, the Steelers defense versus themselves. Ooh, the man in the mirror. Absolutely. Hold on, here's why. some Michael Jackson on here. Here's why. We know they're talented up front. We know they've revamped the secondary. We're anticipating having Sean Davis come back. That should boost 
them up a lot. But the things that they struggled with, it wasn't anything that the Patriots did that was so far-fetched or just caught them off guard. No. What did they have that really hurt them as a defense? It was three things. Communication. They didn't minimize their mental errors. And they missed tackles. Hmm. If you have mental errors, if you have missed tackles, if you're not communicating, you will lose on any level. I don't care if it's the the Mars planets. Talk to them. I don't care if it's the South Fayette Lions. I don't care if it's that powerhouse James Madison University. It does not matter. You have to communicate. Either you're all on the wrong page or you're all on the right page. It can't be half are on the right page, half are on the wrong page, because now we're not playing the same thing. If we're all wrong, we're all right. Okay? That's the thing that we always would preach as a defense. The mental errors. You can't blow coverages. That will destroy you, no matter who you're playing against. Which is why this is up here. When we talk about the missed tackles, it wasn't as if those players were so phenomenal in open space making guys miss or they had some bruise and running back like Jamal Lewis back when he rushed for 2,000 yards or Chris Johnson when he was running for 2,000 yards because he was so fast. That's not the case. They were just not dialed in from a fundamental standpoint. And those were the reasons why the defense didn't produce. But from a talent standpoint, they have the goods. When you look at Devin Bush, he has the goods. When you mm. look at TJ Watt, he has the goods. When you look at Terrell Edmonds, he has the goods. Mm. The list goes Terrell on. Terrell Edmonds, I've told you this before, and looks like a Madden-created character. Absolutely. I mean, he's built in a football factory. Absolutely. High-pedigree guy. And Blood you know, I mean, you've been in Madden before. Me, not so yeah, much. you know, this is true. But that's the reason why the Steelers' defense has to beat themselves. Because when you allow your mind when you allow yourself to lose pre-snap before the ball is snapped you've already beat yourself because you didn't communicate because you did not line right you didn't know what the call was you thought you were gonna blitz but instead you were supposed to be in coverage or you're in zone coverage but you're supposed to be a man you're losing before the ball snaps you cannot do that and that's you versus you so the Steelers defense must win that matchup I really like that one absolutely five star Friday matchup number five now as I was talking about this Steelers revamped defense, the additions that they made, one particular addition that they made was Steven Nelson to that cornerback room. Mm-hmm. They also gave Joe Hayden an extension. Now, reports have been showing this week that Joe Hayden has not been able to practice. He did not practice Dealing yesterday. with the shoulder injury. So it's up in the air whether or not we will have him. Keeping an eye on his status today especially. So I have to assume that we do not have him right now. So if that is the case, this fifth and final five-star matchup is Steven Nelson and Artie Burns mm. versus DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Now, when we talk about DK Metcalf, high pedigree guy, a ton of hype coming out from the combine and the draft. Oh, he was the talk of the combine. And when we talk about Tyler Lockett, Rising star in this league, super consistent, time, yeah. fits that Seahawks mold. Knows Russell Wilson well. They're always on the same page. Now, when you looked at how both of those guys had success versus Cincinnati Bengals last week, Metcalf was a bully out there at the receiver. He was throwing guys. He was making combat catches. He's just like a man among boys. Tyler Lockett displayed the speed, athletic ability, 
all the things that makes him unique. So, when I think about how the Seahawks would potentially try to attack the Steelers, particularly without Joe Hayden, they're not going to run the ball. That comes to to fruition. So no. if there's no Joe Hayden, they got to attack. Them. They Their got to attack. Their offensive line is not good. I don't think they're going to run the ball much. Not at all. All season. So you have to attack the air. Now with Joe Hayden being down potentially, they might be looking at this saying DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett versus Steven Nelson and Artie Burns is favorable for the Seahawks. That's what they might be saying. That's what they might be saying while they're on the plane ride to Pittsburgh. Thinking. They might be thinking that. But I have to tell you this one thing, my friend. Tell me. I think first off, huge opportunity for Steven Nelson. No doubt. Huge opportunity. You got the nice contract. Show them. Show the league why the Steelers believed in you and why the Steelers were smart to do that. And maybe even add a splash play in there too. It wouldn't hurt. You're going to get your chance. He he had plenty of them last year in Kansas City. Absolutely. Now, if you're already Burns, I'm smiling. Oh, yeah. Me as a personal friend of Artie Burns, I love this potential opportunity. You know why? Because he's been doubted all offseason. There were questions whether or not he would be on the roster. People laughed when they picked up his $800,000 roster bonus. But now, my friend, your number is about to get called. 2-5, step up. It's not often that you get these opportunities. It's not often that that train circles back around to you after you missed it the first time. <laughs> but he's going to get a chance. The school bus is coming back to pick him up again. We say, hey, I know you went out there at 8 o'clock. You missed the bus. That's cool. But I'm going to come back around for you at 9 o'clock. What you going to do? Artie's going to get a chance. You better be ready when we come back for you. Artie's going to get his chance. Because even if Joe is good to go, who knows what his availability will sure. be like from a whole game standpoint. Sure. So, Artie, Artie, my brother, I like the U because of you. <laughs> this is your chance. With the U as in 305 Miami. Absolutely. This is your chance. Go out there, put those Palmanellis, those hands on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, whichever one you get, and show them why the Steelers drafted you where they drafted you. Mm. And show everybody in the league why you deserve to be paid. Why you deserve to be either extended or if you do have to hit the market, why you should be compensated handsomely for your services. This is your opportunity. So that's why they are my fifth and final five-star matchup. That was a nice speech by you there for Artie. That's my guy, man. I hope in about an hour I can give a similar one to Steeler Nation. Hey, 145, you better not be late. You better not be late because I'm be fired up. Be I've been up since like 5 a.m. this morning. I'm ready to go. I just had another cup of coffee. Woo! I'm all checked up with Mountain Dew, baby. Ah! So real quick, just run through them again. The five matchups, the five things to watch that will determine the outcome on Sunday. Yep, so the first one, Steelers pass rush versus Russell Wilson. Pressuring him and containing him. No negative positives by Russell Wilson. Next matchup, Steelers wide receivers versus that Seahawks secondary. They are no longer the Legion of Boom. You don't have to fear them. Attack them. Not only win this matchup, dominate it. Mm. Steelers old line versus Jadavion Clowney. Put the league back on notice. Let them know that last week was a fluke. We still the biggest and baddest in all the land. And Jadavion Clowney, as great as you have been playing, as much as you want to get paid. Not today, Not my today, friend. my friend. Not today. The fourth one. Steelers defense versus themselves. Cannot beat yourself before the snap. Communication has to be sharp. You have to minimize those mental errors and no missed tackles. Those are the three things that will get any defense beat, especially West Virginia University. <laughs> and yeah, the no fifth doubt. and final Matchup is Steven Nelson and Artie Burns versus DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. 
If Joe Hayden cannot go, Artie Burns is going to have to step up. Steven Nelson, this is your opportunity to show why you got paid what you got paid. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are rising. They have the potential to be something special. They looked really good versus Cincinnati Bengals. Prove to them, prove to the league that you guys are more than good enough. Those are your, uh, from, from Arthur Motes' lips to your ears, your five-star matchups to watch on this Friday. Yes, yeah, It's a it. five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup! Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it! When we come back here, man, Motsi, you threw a lot out there, a whole lot of stuff that I like that I want to kind of go a little more in-depth, ask you about how that plays out on Sunday. Absolutely. So we're going to go to break here, but when we come back, I want to react to that Five Star Friday. A couple questions from Motsi about DK Metcalf, about the defense, uh, and about how the Seahawks played against the Bengals last week and what we can take from that as well, too. We'll do all that when we return and get into your reaction on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. It's Euler Emotes, one hour in the books, another to go inside the electric factory on SNR. Euler Emotes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Number two, inside the electric factory, it's Euler and Motes on a Friday. As we inch closer and closer to Sunday at 1 o'clock at Heinz Field, when those ocean birds, those Seahawks, that's not, mm. come, on, come on, that's not even a real animal. Get out of here. We don't believe you, bruh. Come to the East Coast from Seattle for a little 1 o'clock kickoff with the Pittsburgh Steelers and we were just talking about some injured guys some you know some guys who uh their status is still up in the air but it looks like our guy Brian Bacco has cleared one of those up yes he did um he was talking with Marquise Pouncey and yeah right there with the video Marquise says that uh he will be playing Sunday don't you worry about it he's not missing this game he's fired up and he also said especially after this past Sunday's performance, who wouldn't want to be out there? Right. So that was very positive. He also tweeted out that Sean Davis was the full participant yesterday, and he's good to go for Sunday as well. So those are two awesome news things to hear. Shout out to the Batman, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Our guy Brian Backo dropping the news on us yesterday. Uh, yeah, Joe Hayden did not practice yesterday. Uh, Rosie Nix, we obviously know he's going right. to be out a little bit longer. Pouncey did not practice yesterday. But the good news is Ben, full practice. Juju, full practice. TJ Watt. Sean Davis, full practice. TJ Watt, James Conner, Terrell Edmonds. A lot of those other guys who, Absolutely. you know, we know there's a difference between being injured and hurt. And everybody gets, mm-hmm. you know, knocked up a little bit. Not, just, you know, I don't know. That's the slang word for knocked up. <laughs> We're thinking something different. Everyone picks up little knocks. There, there we that? go. That, 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 that. Clarify. I was like, Ooh. I'm not talking about the Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, you had me, now you lost me. <laughs> yeah, now you lost me. Real quick, just like that. Uh, we know how that is. It's, there's a fine line. Everyone has their bumps and bruises, but it's good to see a lot of those guys getting full practice participation. And, uh, you know, hopefully that carries over into Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. So we just got done with Five Star Friday. There were a, a whole bunch of great stuff that you touched on there, as you always do, Professor Motes. 
And, you know, I, I asked you a couple questions there, but there were some things that I wanted to maybe get a little bit more in depth in. Let's do it. All right. If you want to chime in on this uh, at tw- uh, at Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at The Body 52. The Body. Uh, DK Metcalf. Yes. We know just a freak um, was the talk of the combine. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about guys who look like they're built in a football factory and like they're Madden B pros. I mean, Absolutely. He, 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 he is just a physical specimen. How do you go about. Uh, you saw him have a, have a nice showing at 89 yards, receiving yards in his first game last week. How do you go about a guy prepping for a guy like that, right, that has only had one game in the NFL, you know he's capable, but at this level you only have, you know, one game of film on him so far. You don't know exactly what the Seahawks plan in terms of right, how they're going to use him throughout week the preseason to week. As well. And he missed time throughout the preseason. How do you go about game planning if you're Keith Butler and company for DK Metcalf? Well, you – First off, I have to take what you saw on film last week as the gospel. Okay. When you see him being big and physical and running by people, it's pretty safe to assume that he's probably going to be big and physical and trying to run past guys here. Sure. So you ask yourself, what can we do from a matchup standpoint to minimize him? What can we do to take away what he does best? Now, if Joe Hayden's is not out there, okay, you're saying, do you want to go with Steven Nelson, who's been more productive? Or do you go with Artie Burns, who gives you a little more size? For me, I'm more of a believer that with DK, he doesn't scare me in terms of a Tyreek Hill type right. speed. Right. So I am I feel that Artie Burns, with him being bigger, you getting those hands on him up front early, that helps out a ton. That's personally my mindset with that. But I think, man, with him, you can date back to his college film as well, especially because it's still early in the season. He was doing similar things there. He was still running by guys, still being physical at the break point, still showing that he has, you know, really good hands in terms of combat catches. So those are the things that you know are his identity. Now, we don't know what he's going to do in terms of this level from a longevity standpoint, but that's the small sample size that you go off of. You pretty much go with that and say, okay, this is what we're going to see from him. So for, you know, a lot of the – X's and O's junkies, right? Uh, the the draft guys, the combine guys, the college football guys, a lot of them in their evaluation of DK Metcalf have said the way that you get the better of this guy is you have to make him move east to west instead of north to south. Mm-hmm. He wants to go north-south. He's tall. He's fast. He can mm-hmm. jump up and beat you with his athleticism, but he's not the shiftiest guy side yes. to side. He's not great in the slot. He doesn't have the best hips when he opens up and Correct. runs routes and has to move. Is there anything that the Steelers can try and do to make him have to play east-west? Yes, that's what I was talking about in terms of Artie Burns putting hands on him early. That's not a guy that you play off coverage on. That's a guy that you play press on, put your hands on him, and make him have to beat you off the line. He's not a, oh, I'm going to have this crazy wiggle. He, if he doesn't have that, you see your hands home, which is key. That's the the part that a lot of people overlook when we talk about press coverage. If you do not see your hands home, meaning you don't move your feet until your hands have completely touched that guy's chest. You have to watch your hands the whole time. You're keying on his number box, mm-hmm. and from there, when you're shooting your hands, that's all I'm looking at. Make sure my hand gets home. Make sure my hands get home. After that, now I use my eyes to transition. But for guys who play with their eyes first, and they're looking and trying to see where he's going and never shooting their hands, never seeing their hand gets home, that's how they miss. And when you miss in press coverage, now you open yourself up for potential, you know, 
trouble. Trouble. <laughs> trouble. <laughs> to say the least. Yes. So. Uh, well, go ahead. Yes, Sorry. I would say so from a fundamental standpoint, as long as they're being fundamentally sound in terms of seeing their, their hands home, that will help out a ton in terms of getting him off his rhythm and making him have to adjust his routes. And um, some other things that you could do from a schematic standpoint, obviously, if you know he's a vertical threat, you can easily, from whether it's a cover two standpoint, if you're concerned about already getting beat deep, cover two would allow already to be very aggressive in those five yards pressing, but knowing that he still has a safety over top, that helps out a ton. Or if you want to just go uh, with the cover six element mm-hmm. where, okay, you're going to zone it to the front side playing cover four, but on the back side, wherever Metcalf's at, you can have him over there and you essentially have an automatic double team. That's how you could play it on the back side. You could lock that corner on them and still have the safety over top. So you have a lot of flexibility in terms of how you can minimize his impact. Now, all of these things are going to be predicated on the Steelers stopping the run, which we're assuming they will. But that's where all that's going to be predicated by. If they can minimize that run and make them one-dimensional, well, now you're able to do some of these things from a coverage standpoint. I personally wouldn't play any uh, – even with the man stuff, I would still want to have somebody responsible for Russell Wilson just because it's when you have running court, quarterbacks that are mobile, you never want everybody's back turned to him if that pass rush messes up and he gets out because that's 10, 15, 20 yards by the time somebody turns Guaranteed around. Guaranteed every time. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the only thing that scares me about playing any type of solid man across the front versus a mobile quarterback. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point by you. To flip-flop this now a little bit, right? Because we talked about the Steelers' defensive backs and that defense against DK Metcalf. Uh, Last week, the Seahawks, we know they made it a point to take away the run from the Bengals. Bengals had less than 40 yards rushing. Absolutely. Andy Dalton threw the ball 51 times. The the 4-3 defense walking the outside linebackers down, playing a 6-1, almost goal-line-like defense in the middle of the field. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I loved it. Over 400 yards passing for Andy Dalton. I don't know if it was the highest of his career, but certainly one of the highest of his career. Yes, indeed. And from what I saw, it's not like I sat there and watched the whole game, but I did go back and watch some of the highlights and, and some of the stuff that I could find online. It seemed like the Seahawks were playing, I don't know, and I guess it's kind of Patriot-like on defense, but where they were just almost backing off in the secondary and just trying to keep everything in front of them and telling the Bengals, all right, if you want to go for four, five, six yards of play, that's fine. We're just not going to let you get behind us. How does that this week, potentially a team right that believes in their front seven and the pressure that they're able to get alone and will back off their secondary and just kind of force you to go underneath. Uh, how do you have to be patient in that regard for the Steelers? And, and what's the best way to attack a defense that wants to defend you like that? Well, the thing that Cincinnati did to counter that approach, because that was what they were thinking about doing. But what they started doing was if you're going to keep their 4-3 base personnel while you're out here, I'm going to play three wide receivers. And I'm going to split one of those wide receivers out and make one of your one of your outside linebackers have to cover me. So sometimes it was KJ Wright, sometimes it was Michael Kendricks, and that was kind of how they took advantage of it doing out and up routes. That was one of the touchdowns that John Ross caught. Uh, John Ross caught. It was an out and up route where Michael Kendricks has him. He goes to the flat and then he wheels it up. Those are the ways that you attack him. 
if you know that they're going to play off of you, especially, you know, historically, they play cover three. That's their bread and butter. The ways you attack that are four verts because they don't have enough men, and it puts a strain on one of those outside linebackers to know, okay, do I need to have the vertical carry on this or not? Mm -hmm. And if it's out and up, is that two through my zone or not? Is that the second guy through a zone? Because if it is, then you have to carry it. So these are all the things that you can attack when they're playing that style of defense because, yeah, it was clear from the beginning that they weren't going to let Joe Mixon beat them. And then even when Joe Mixon went out in the third quarter, they weren't going to let Giovanni Bernard beat them. But the way that Cincinnati had success, a ton of success, was those type of routes, man, putting those linebackers, walking them out. It was, um, I want to say Erickson had a big catch on an over route, somewhere then K.J. Wright guarding him. It's like, okay, I'm going to just run behind you. If right. you're gonna, if you're not going to play me all the way, man, I'm going to run right behind you, and I'm going to go all the way across the zone and find a soft spot. And those are some of the things I think the Steelers will do similarly if they take that approach from a defensive standpoint. Because you, you might not respect Andy Dalton, and it was a possibility you could have not respected Tyler Boyd or John Ross. Obviously, he has a ton of uh, a great drop history. But – I don't care who you are. You're not going to disrespect Ben and the Steelers like that. No. If you do that, I think that Ben will throw for 400 yards easily, and it'll be one of those special days for the home opener. I'm with you, too. And, and you even consider, too, they were in there kind of, all right, we're going to get after Andy Dalton, and we're just going to let them dink and dunk us and, and stay, stay, keep everything in front of us. Dalton got sacked five times oh, yeah. in that game. Well, that's the thing. The, uh, the Seahawks front, they were after him. They he was under the res. I feel like both of those fronts, the Bengals front and the Seahawks front, had a ton, uh, created a ton of pressure in that game. And I, I loved it as a you know pass rusher myself. It was my type of games right there. Thirty-four rushing yards the Bengals had last mm-hmm. week. Four hundred and eighteen receiving yards. Yeah, yeah that's a bit of a disparity there. Absolutely, and, and honestly, they should have been more. But as I mentioned earlier, John Ross, man, he just dropped a couple of easy passes. Well, while he still had two touchdowns, right. and seven receptions and one hundred and fifty some yards. Absolutely, man. But it just shows that level of commitment to we don't believe that Dalton is good enough to beat us. We don't believe that Dalton can get the job done. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers kind of take that film, apply it to Sunday. Right. If the Seahawks go about things the same way or if they change everything up, that's certainly something that I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah. And it made sense when they were doing it, though, because with them having that 4-3 base defense, if you're playing your outside linebackers stacked off the ball, mm-hmm. sometimes, depending on if you're playing your defensive ends head up to the tackle, or I mean head up to the tight end or head up outside shade of the tackle, your edges of the defense aren't as prominent, aren't as secure. You can play cover two and have your corners creating that force, but there it's going to take some time for them to get there. So by them walking Kendricks down and walking KJ Wright down, it just made it where now you're in a legit box because that edge is there, right? If you're trying to press the edge on an outside run, a toss, whatever it may be, it's a free player sitting right there. And, by them having that 4-3 front, those four interior linemen, they leave the center uncovered, but the guards and the tackles are covered up. So it just changes how you can attack them schematically. But the way you beat them is by throwing that ball like you saw Andy Dalton do. Andy Dalton made some great plays. Yeah, be willing to stand in there yes, and absolutely. potentially take some hits. And if they stay in it, then you keep throwing it. And that's what the, the Bengals did. But if they come out of that, now you got some success. Now you can be multifaceted. And hopefully pound the ball a little bit. Absolutely, because we all want to see James. 
honor. There's no doubt. There is no doubt. A whole bunch of moving parts, a whole bunch of things to keep an eye on. And Arthur Motes, as he always does so well, filling you in on Friday. Absolutely. So, you know, you could go to your Steelers parties and then you, whatever you're doing tomorrow on a Saturday, your parties on Sunday, your tailgates, and you can rehash all this stuff and you could sound like the smartest person in the room. Absolutely. And in fact, come to the Terrible Tailgate on Sunday at Hinesville, Red Lot 5A, and we can rehash it together. And I'll make these people a deal, all right? Uh-oh, talk to them. They can steal our takes and our Ooh. information and our knowledge. Uh-huh. They just got to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star Absolutely. review. <laughs> Absolutely. Steelers Blitz, the podcast now. Search Steelers Blitz. You can find us wherever you want. We've had a lot of people tweet us in the past months or so about excited that we have a podcast. Where can you find a podcast? We have one now. If you missed that news in the past week or we're so. We're official. We're officially official. It's like we're in a Facebook relationship Absolutely. Here. It's no longer complicated. <laughs> We're together. <laughs> we made it past that WVJMU yep. game, and now it's no longer complicated. We, we, we've tagged blue, our, our names blue, in it, everything. Blue skies ahead. <laughs> yep. Again, wherever you find your podcast, just search Steelers Blitz. You can find us there. Subscribe. Leave us a nice review, and we will be eternally grateful. Absolutely. <laughs> we got some questions here, uh, Motsi, about some trade rumors. So one Minka Fitzpatrick, who's yes. rumored to be on the block. We got some questions on Twitter about that. We also have some comments about some of these five-star matchups and some of the Hall of Fame discussion that we had earlier. We will get to your comments at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. When we return. We also want to go around the league a little bit. Talk some of those trade rumors. Have to do that. And there's a big game on Monday night where guys on both sides are already throwing arrows throwing darts at each other i like it and there's just just a lot of interesting stuff going on in the national football league there was a, a a big finish to the game last night down in tampa bay you call that a big finish well it was I kind guess, of like an underwhelming finish i guess maybe at least a exciting finish yeah, it was exciting for thursday night right when you got a fourth and goal and the, for the to win the game or lose the game I mean, the rest of that game wasn't exciting but, yeah. but we'll go around the league and get to your reaction on twitter when we return he's boats i'm euler you're inside the electric factory listening to steelers blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. This is your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. But we like to talk a lot of football, too, Motsi. How could you not? We love football. It's better than baseball. <laughs> knock wood. Knock wood. Knock wood. And there was uh, some news that came out across the National Football League that has been setting off firestorms amongst every fan base that fancies themselves a contender. Ooh. Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Apparently granted permission to uh, seek trade from the Dolphins. Apparently on the trading block. Doesn't want to be a part of the tank job. Doesn't want to be a part of the tank job. And you laid out on Wednesday why nobody wants to be part of a tank job. Bump that, bro. <laughs> uh, it, Steelers fans. Cowboys fans. Eagles fans. Patriots fans. I saw everybody on Twitter today that fancies themselves, their team, any type of contenders. Browns fans. Anybody. Oh, we got to go out and get Mika Fitzpatrick. That's the ghetto. Chargers fans. Saints fans. Everybody wants Mika Fitzpatrick. Even WU wants Mika Fitzpatrick. Are you kidding me? I mean, jeez. What? 
it, there's rumors out there that it's only going to take a second round pick to get him. I don't know if I believe. I don't that. believe that he was just a first round pick last year, and by a lot of metrics, had a good rookie season. Balled out as a rookie. Uh, is there a disconnect here that maybe there's something that we're missing with the price, the asking price not being so high? Or is it maybe just that really the Miami Dolphins are committed to just there's no one we're attached to and we're willing to, you know, really kind of hit rock bottom here? In the words of Coach Tomlin, it's smoke and mirrors. They <laughs> want more than a second round pick. They Come have on, to, bro. Right? That From just a business standpoint, you're willing to give, you, you drafted him with the first round pick last year. And it was the Dolphins. So it wasn't like a late first-round pick either. And then a year later, after him being successful, after him producing, you were willing to trade him for a second-round pick? He was the 11th overall pick, by the way. Stop it. It's not like he was like in the That's late what 20s I'm or 30s even. Stop it. 11th overall pick. Second-round pick? Stop it. And again, it's not like I watch the Dolphins every week, but I saw him play a couple times last year. To know that he's he's, he's good. Right. He's like like we were talking about that before the show started. Like if yeah, if you could get him for a second round pick, I mean, I'll right. drive down to Miami and pick him up. Hey, that makes two of us. But I think you're right. I think that's a little smoke and mirrors, man. It's got to be. They they this could be Miami's mindset. Put the asking price at a second round pick. You're gonna get a ton of teams willing to hop into it. Now you get a bidding war before you know it. Right now we might get first two ones or or first and a second or two seconds and a fifth. Like you just don't know. But I think that's the thought process behind that because there's no way you're getting rid of a talented player, a young player like that. Because people talk about, well, you only got a third rounder and a fifth rounder for AB. AB was what. 30 going on 31, has some negative things associated with him. Wanted a new contract. Wanted a new contract. There was a lot of variables in that. This kid right here was the 11th overall pick last year. Balled out, was extremely productive. He's 22 years old. 22 years old. <laughs> That's the guy you pick up, and, and he's going to be on your team guaranteed for the next four years. Possibly, you know, yeah. On, on, a, bar, on a good price. On a good price. On a bargain years. deal compared to what safeties that are good typically make. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Come on. I don't see it. I don't. See I, it. I, I'll offer a second round pick, and I don't even have a second round pick. But I'm gonna offer my second round pick. <laughs> if that's what we're doing, yeah, second round pick, come live in the Moats house. For yeah, a round pick. I, I got a room for you. I got a spot for you. Uh, last night, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Ooh, comes down to the last series of the game. Fireworks, Carolina driving final play of the game, fourth and two from the what was it? Two, the yard, two yard line, line. one yard line from. It wasn't fourth and two. It was fourth and one. Fourth and one. That's right. From the two yard line because they could have got a first they down. They didn't need to score. There. That's right. Christian McCaffrey gets the ball, ends up short. Tampa Bay holds on and has the dramatic victory. But I don't even want to talk necessarily about the X's and O's in that game. It was, I, I want to talk about the X's and O's of that play. Well, that's true. How, what did you feel about that call in that situation? Man, you got Cam Newton. I didn't like it. I'm running QB power. Old school Tim Tebow at the Florida, with the Florida Gators offense. Or at least some type of read. No, I, I, I don't no. want to. No, it's not even a game. Forward. Look, at, look at how big Christian McCaffrey is. When you're in the red zone, we talked about how it condenses the field. You have to play laterally now, right? You're playing to side to side. To the goal line. Crazy no question. So, so. That speed element goes out the window or is minimized when the field is condensed like that, which is why you can see that corner make an awesome play because he knows that I have Shaq Barrett coming from inside out. It's not like we're out at the 50 where it's way more space out here to work. I got to worry about a vertical threat. Those guys are playing super aggressive because they don't have to worry about anybody running by them. They know everything is going to be lateral. 
How big is Cam Newton? Over six foot. I know that. Over what? 240, 250 pounds? He's a physical specimen. He can't get me one yard. So do you know where I'm going with this? He can give me one yard. Because that's what I was thinking too. He can give me one yard. But if you're not putting Cam Newton in that situation, and if you watched the game yesterday, mm-hmm. you know what they say happens when you assume. I don't like to assume. All, all I'm saying is it's not an assumption because we both have been talking about this. And particularly, I've been saying that I don't believe he's good or healthy right now because of how they talked about it this all season. Hey, status of his shoulder. Oh, he's fine. Hey, you know, has he been throwing? Oh, he's good. Is he going to be a follow? He's fine. He's, he's good. He's clearly not. They went and talk about it. They went and go into depth about it. He was very quiet about it. And this is what you get right now. I mean, he, he was very inaccurate. Oh, he, he his passes were bad. And like you said, when that willingness to to get him mobile vanishes. They, they didn't want to do it, yeah. Like, again, I don't like to assume, but I think it's safe to think that there's something wrong with Cam Newton. I dropped him for my fantasy team. Did you? I did. Ooh, that's a power move. I just I, I can't stand a committed relationship with him right now. Just seeing how bad he looked. He couldn't hit wide open play. That's my thing. It's one thing if it's touch passes. Sure, it's one thing if sure. it's combat catches. These were simple wide. Slant routes. These were simple five-yard routes to wide open guys. And he was just missing. Some of them were hitting the dirt. That's... That concerns me. And then I was really thinking to myself, I'm like, have I seen him even attempt a throw that was over, you know, 30 or, or complete a throw that was over 30 yards? I didn't, I don't think I saw that. I was like, ah, I don't, I, I just, yeah. It was, it was discouraging to watch in that It regard. was. If that's healthy cam, huh, man. If it's healthy cam, that team might be 2-0 and right now. Instead, they're 0-2, and they lost two close games. But if they're calling that Cam that we saw healthy Cam, it might be over. And did you hear his quotes after the game? I did not. I, it, it was so, I was so disgusted at that last play. I turned it off. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, I, was, I went to bed, too. I was I, disgusted. I just read him this. I saw him this morning. I like this outfit, though. Uh, he said that he, after last night, and I, this isn't the exact quote, but right. it was something along these lines of, it's really time for me to do some self-reflecting. Which makes me think maybe it's he's thinking I shouldn't be playing this year. I need to shut it down. Uh, see, I think self-reflecting in terms of, all right, what do I need to do to make myself a better quarterback? I can't miss these type of throws. True. Not in the sense of, hey, man, maybe I should shut it down. I don't know if I got it right now. I don't think that players – like typically the play, like most like players, they, like they always think like they got it. Sure. And they always think like, hey, I can figure this out. Because for all, throughout their whole life, that's what they've always had to do. They've always had adversity. Think about Cam Newton when he was at Auburn. He had adversity. I can figure this out. I got this. Same when he was at Carolina early. I can figure this out. I got this. So I think that's kind of the mentality right now for him is, all right, this was a bad game by me. I missed a ton of throws. We lost heartbreak right on the goal line. Like, I got to figure this out. Let me get in the lab. Got an extra long week Absolutely. Now, Now, it's different if we're talking two, three weeks from now. And it's the same things. Now I think that conversation becomes really uh, possible in terms of, all right, should I shut this thing down? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's an interesting one to follow too. Another another thing that I'll be looking for is the Browns versus the Jets. Odell Beckham Jr. Going back to the big city and the bright lights. Going back to his old city, not his old team, but same stadium. Yeah. And he you know them New Jersey teams? He didn't mince any words when he was talking about the Jets defensive coordinator, Greg Williams. Hey, man, he feels that Greg tries to hurt him. 
tried to hurt him last year. That that's just what he does in general that's, to yeah. star players. And, I mean, <laughs> it sucks for Greg in the terms of his track record. Sure. Hasn't been the best, per se. It's one of those, kind of what we talked about with a certain wide receiver. Yes. You'd be more willing to give other guys a benefit of right. the doubt. It's like, would you be surprised if it came out that Greg was having his guys <laughs> try to hurt people? You would be like, oh, I wasn't surprised by that. But I also, I take the messenger into account, too. I do. If it was, I do. If it was Larry Fitzgerald coming out and saying these things about Greg Williams, right. I'd probably take him with more of a grain of salt as well, too. Absolutely. And, of course, Greg gets on. It's been on NFL Network all morning. Greg is like, hey, I don't try to hurt anybody. i never have done that. I would never have a bounty out on any player. <laughs> what are these things you speak of? So that'll be interesting to watch just from a fireworks standpoint. But I think o- Odell has more important things to worry about than Greg trying to hurt him. First, he needs to worry about getting that offense in sync, him being more productive, and making sure that he has like some type of insurance or something with that $350,000 watch. Lord. Whew. Yeah, because if I'm a Jet player now especially, I'm trying to put my helmet right on that watch. And Either that or shatter I, that bad See, boy. you went that route. I'm thinking more Aqib Tlaib versus uh, Crabtree. <laughs> Yeah, that's my watch now, buddy. That's my three fifty. How about that? I didn't that? even think about that. That's Absolutely. A good call by you. Absolutely. That's where I met with it. Was there anything more disrespectful than that ever? You can't come back from no, that. No, no, no. Not the first time. The second, the second time. time. I was like, oh my gosh. There's the no, blatant no back from that. Like you might as well just spit in my face and call my mother and my wife some of uh, some obscene <laughs> things. Like what? Yeah, man. Last around the league one that I wanted to ask you about. We get Kyler Murray versus Lamar Jackson. Battle of the birds. Uh, and maybe a uh, battle of some... The running backs? Uh, some good ones there. Yeah. But two two quarterbacks who play a different style than the league convention. I thought you said they were running backs that played quarterback. I thought that's what you said. No. Okay, I was just checking. Hey, Lamar Jackson won a Heisman at quarterback. He, he could play quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He's not and, a running back or a wide receiver. Was it, was it Troy, Troy Smith? Troy Smith. Well, he wasn't quite as good. He was a Raven. He, he won. He won a. He won a Heisman. He though. did. He was a Raven too, wasn't he? Yeah. But he, you said he won a Heisman. Just, hey, Johnny Manziel won a Heisman. Woo. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, all I'm saying. Kyler versus Lamar. You excited to watch this one? I am for a couple of reasons. Even though I don't really show a lot of love to the AZ fans, I did have a, a brief stint out there. So with that, I'm definitely going to tune in. I am sad, though, man. My boy Marcus Gilbert, former teammate of mine, tore his ACL, so he's out for the I season. Know, that sucks. But still a big fan of Terrell Suggs. I was going to say, Always Suggs good to see him. old team is a fun subplot. Absolutely. He's showing that he still has plenty left in the tank. Had a he's big sack last week. He's motivated this weekend. Yes, indeed. And I want to just see how Kyler Murray continues to grow and develop. Also, when I look at that Ravens defense and that Ravens offense, I want to see what they look like versus a more formidable opponent now. We saw how Arizona started out slow, but they had a phenomenal second half going into overtime, being a part of a tie. Shout out to the history. Mm-hmm. But I want to see what that Ravens team looks like as a whole, Lamar Jackson as a whole, versus a team that's not tanking, versus a team that's not trying to trade away all their assets. That's what I want to see. Got some reaction here on the Twitter.com. Don Juan was asking about Minka Fitzpatrick. We just hit on that. Oh, it's pretty good timing there from mm-hmm. us. Uh, we got some some tweets loving the renegade stories and, and, <laughs> your, and your experience and then my story from the fan side. Uh, Tanner here chimes in. 
uh, on our Hall of Fame conversation and Heinz Ward and some of that back and forth that we had, how 86 deserves to be in the Hall. I think there are far too many people who have gotten in that shouldn't have. I think they are going to need to do a large class because so many people have been overlooked. And that's kind of what we're seeing this yeah, year. Yeah, with the centennial year, absolutely. And, and I think there is a chance we'll see something like that in the future. And unfortunately, I think that's probably Heinz Ward's best chance of getting in. And I think, too, like all the Steelers that are coming up now, it, that kind of hinders his chances a little bit, too, because Fanica's ahead of him in the pecking order. Palomalu's going to be ahead of him in the pecking order. I personally feel Palomalu's ahead of both of them in the I pecking agree. order. I agree. But I would say Palomalu, <laughs> then Fanica, then Ward. Yes. Fair? Yes. And so I certainly don't think they're going to induct three Steelers at once. Not happening. So, yeah, I, I think Tanner, that is... They should is- just wait a couple more years and then do an all-Steelers induction. Ooh. After Trey gets in first, though. Trey oh, gets okay. in first, then he just come back and be retro. He just come back again. We'll take a year off, all yeah. right, and then we'll come back again. Yeah, there we go. I like it. I like it. Still time to chime in on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. But when we come back. Uh-oh. The moment we've all been waiting for. Well, before that. Well, I know, because we're, we we're, we're get, 10 minutes away from that. We got to get that paper. That's the moment I've been waiting we for. We got two Friday staples, all right? Five Star Friday, one of them's out of the way. Absolutely. When we come back, we will get that paper, and also. And we got a review, like, how'd you do last week, too? I just, you know, yeah, out of curiosity. Yeah, that's a fair point. One they say winners see. win, and losers typically don't win. And they say it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, a win's a win. That's what they say. You were closer to the inch than the mile, but hey, I can't knock it. Win is a win. We will get that paper when we come back. Five pick'em games for you, three across the NFL, one college game, and, of course, your Pittsburgh Steelers game. We'll give our predictions as to how we think that shakes out. And, yeah, about seven, eight minutes from now, I've got a speech Uh for Steeler Nation. Uh Uh-oh. So do not go anywhere. If you think things have been electric for the first hour and a half here. We're going to get it going. We are going to get it going when we return, when we wrap up the show on this good Friday. It's Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Nation Radio. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment on a Friday of game week, Arthur Motes, and that can only mean one thing. Uh-oh. It is time to get that paper, but before we do, Uh-oh. we have to talk about where we were right, where we were wrong last week. Well, you know I'm always right, you unless know, I'm wrong. For our loyal Steelers Nation listeners, right, our loyal SNR listeners, our loyal Steelers Blitz Electric Factory fans, mm-hmm. they, you know, the power grid, the dirty Uh-oh. dozen... Gotta have They remember, you know, how I used to crush this thing. Allegedly. And, and then you came into the fold, and my winning record, I mean, I've just, I've been in the tank ever since. I'm like the Miami Dolphins. It happens like that sometimes, man. Sometimes it do be like that. You're more of like the West Virginia of this Pick'em thing, and I'm more like the James Madison University of this Pick'em thing. As long as I'm 1-0 in the Steelers Blitz Bowl, I'll take it. That's cool. I'm just excited to hear what your record is. When we get back in here next week at the W place this Saturday. If they don't win this Saturday, they might not win too many more the whole rest of the season. But again, we'll have time for that and my tears later. And Manchester United's back in action this weekend too. So I mean Uh-oh. it's just it's Uh-oh. gonna it's gonna be a long Saturday. I like it. It's gonna be a long Saturday. Last Saturday was a long Saturday for me, Mozart. Uh, it was a long weekend in terms of these results. 
But you had a better showing than I did. You went three and two. The huge. And hey, that's the whole point of this get that paper, right? Is you're trying to stay in the winning column because that means you're making that paper. No question. I'm a paper getter, baby. That's what I do. Three and two. Didn't like it, but it's better than you. So uh, all smiles on my end. So tell the people where you were correct last week. All right, my friend. Uh, first off, we'll start with the one that matters the most. Missouri, <laughs> uh, minus 14. I believe no, they Missouri. won by... Th- yeah, Missouri was minus 14. I believe they yeah. won by 30. So uh, No, hold on. Don't short me. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. 31. 31. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't don't, <laughs> I don't short me. I don't mean to disrespect you. 31. <laughs> so I, I, it's safe to say that we covered it in that regard. I won that. <laughs> You picked 30, 31. What's the difference? You know, you had the Bucks minus one and a half. Obviously, the Niners are the team that I took. Mm-hmm. Success. Mm-hmm. Then you, my friend, was believing in the pencil fraud himself, Mr. Matt Patricia. That was so annoying. Lions said, Lions, when they started all hot. You had them for a minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. They were up 24 you know 7 at one point. All they needed to do was win by a field goal in overtime. You would have been fine. I would have been money. I don't blink. I cut my eyelids off. <sighs> I walked around with no eyelids. Picked the Cardinals. Dub. We both got, yeah, got the short end of the stick versus the Broncos and Raiders. Okay. That was, Okay, listen. Was that performance from the Raiders just because it was their Super Bowl? I believe it was. It has to be, right? That, that, that cannot be real. Because they're getting some love again this week, but I just... I yeah. think that's a one-time thing. They're playing off that adrenaline, off that emotion from the crowd. It was a unicorn. It was a unicorn. Although you got to say you got to give credit to that what they're, the plan that they had on offense to get Chubb and Miller out of that game. Oh, very true. Both of those guys never once touched Derek Carr. No sacks. No no pressures. Well, and they did do a great job in, in terms of revamping that offensive line too out there. They Obviously, did. bringing in big Trent Brown that helped him out a ton. So yeah, I did like that. And we, do we have to talk about the Seals and Patriots? I mean, we yeah. Come on, bro. We don't know how that went. We both predicted twenty one seventeen. Yeah. Without that was an on the spot prediction, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we were wrong there. Very. But you know what, Arthur Motes? Oh. When you're wrong, right? Talk to me. There's only one thing left to do. What you gotta do? You gotta bounce back. Oh. And that's what we're trying to well, I mean, you're three and two, so you don't necessarily have to bounce back, but I think you'd like to be a little closer to four and one, five and oh. All I'm saying is that's below the standard. That's not my standard. And I would certainly like to get into the win column. So you know what? There ain't no better time than now. Let's do it. Let's get that paper. Arthur Motes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, in golf, when you have the best score, you got to go first. So you got the best score here. Are you, are you, going, are you going first? Or can this I, can is, I hold this your feet is, to the This fire is still here? a nation radio. I don't play golf. Keep it consistent, baby. You're going first. All right. Besides, I like to pick against you anyways. I know you do. You just <laughs> like to see what I pick, and yeah. then you're like, hmm, yeah, I'm just going to go opposite of that because Wes has been on a losing streak I'll keep it simple. What's the opposite of a heater? Because that's what I've been on. <laughs> it's all good, man. Let's travel to New York. Ooh. New York, New York. The city's so nice, they named it twice. The Big Apple. Uh-huh. The Giants host the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. in a matchup of what I must say is two very aesthetically pleasing uniform combinations. Absolutely. But only one of those teams are really playing in New York. Just remember that. That's true. The other one's playing in New Jersey. Yep. And I'm going with that New York power. I think some people expect the Giants to bounce back because they got whopped by the Cowboys Mm -hmm. and they're back home. 
But I believe in the Bills. Mm-hmm. They went on the road at that same stadium. Oh, absolutely. And won a week last ago. weekend. Yes, indeed. In a comeback. So it's not like they're going somewhere new. They're going back to where, they, at the just, same hotel. where they just had a big victory. Eating in the same restaurant. They're only favored two and a half points. So give me the Bills by, I think it's. I don't think it's a blowout, but give me the Bills by 4.6 points, something like that. I got Ooh. Buffalo minus two and a half. So Bills are the 2.5 favorite. Two and a half Man, point favorites. That's fancy. Now, I can't bet against my Bills. That's my squad. They they were the ones who took me in. You are a Bills legend. I am. This is crazy. So, with that being said, I think they get the job done. I don't believe in the Giants offense. Saquon scares me, but not enough that they can't win by at least three. So, you know what? Give me the Bills. Let's stay. Well, not it's not Bills, often that we agree. But Just throwing the, it out with there. With the Giants, right? Let's stay in the NFC North. Uh-oh. The team that whooped up on the Giants last week. The NFC Dallas North? Cow- NFC East. Sorry, NFC East. I was like, hold on, wait a minute. All right. I, 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 there's a lot going on here. I love I, it. I'm still thinking about, I'm thinking about this speech. I'm trying not to psych myself out. It's almost time to. Rewind. Let's stay in the NFC East here. The Dallas Cowboys travel to the nation's capital to take on the Washington team name redacted. <laughs> they are favored by four and a half points are the Dallas Cowboys. Some of those same things with the Giants. Like Washington had a tough loss last week, and they're coming back home, and this and that. But just on paper, they're completely outmatched. I think the Cowboys win by a touchdown. Give me Dallas minus four and a half. Ah, man. Now, this goes against everything in my body because I grew up as a Cowboys fan, and I hated that team that we shall not say their name. The team in Washington. (laughs) But for the sake of this segment i will not agree with you i got my young boy from james madison university jimmy moreland out there for the red for the red that team the, the washington team the washington team so with that being said i'm rocking with them i'm rocking with my boy jimmy moreland give me them boys to win it i like it i like it how about arizona versus baltimore that matchup we were just talking about mm-hmm. baltimore's feeling good about themselves Arizona's feeling like they just kissed their sister because they tied it <laughs> Give me the Cardinals. Ooh. Plus 13. I don't think they're going to win the game. I think the Ravens end up winning tell me, by... Tell me, did you say plus 13? Yes. That's the spread? Yes. So the Ravens have to win by 14 Bro, to cover. What? Yes. Give me the Cardinals plus 13. I think the Ravens win that game by 9, 10 points. Plus 13? But, but give me the Cardinals and 13 points. Man, I'm with you. What? That's... <laughs> Yeah, Cardinals. Wow, definitely without a doubt, I'm taking the Cardinals. There, listen, NFL teams that aren't tanking don't get beat by 14 plus. Double digit spreads in the NFL That's are rare. rare. We got two of them this week. The Patriots are wow. favored by 19 and a half in Miami. I'll take the under. <laughs> the Cardinals favored by 13 against the Ravens again. I think the Ravens win, but not by 14 points. Give me the Cardinals plus 13. Yeah, I'm not. I just can't ride the the Ravens train like that. I just can't do it. But oh, then again, uh oh, the NFL films music's got you thinking. Give me the Ravens. Oh, the Ravens minus thirteen. Cardinals offensive line struggled a little bit last week. They're gonna be down Marcus Gilbert. On top of that, I like the Ravens. I think they can't get the job done by two scores. Give me the Ravens. Hopefully, I don't regret this because I do not like Baltimore at all. Before we get to Heinz Field on our predictions with the Steelers, as we always do, a bonus college football game for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Arthur Motes, 
The Maryland Terrapins are hot right now. Oh, yeah. They're Talk two, to me. They're 2-0. and oh. Talk to me. They're feeling good. Talk to me. They're back in the top 25 oh, yeah. for the first time in forever. You better believe it. They're traveling to Philadelphia. Yo, your, your, your place. To okay. take on Temple. Uh-huh. Your place. But you know what? Uh-huh. Talk to him. Temple's a pretty good football program. And that's, I realize I got a new head coach. That's what they say. Eh, but I think Maryland's maybe feeling themselves a little too much. And that's fine. Give me Temple plus seven. Plus seven for Temple. So oh, Maryland's got to win by more than a touchdown. And all I'm going to say to you, my friend, is uh, I feel sorry for you. Because I'm rolling with Maryland all the way. Young Dino Tomlin. You know, is on the squad down there. Shout out That's to him. Shout out to Coach T. Here. You can't pick against you know, Coach T's son. That's like I said, man, you. had the conversation with Coach T last night. He's very high on this Maryland team. He thinks they have a lot of potential. Love the quarterback, Josh Jackson, the transfer from Virginia Tech. lot going on with those boys down there at Maryland. Give me the Terps. All right, Arthur Motes. Last yes. but not least. It's time. The Seahawks roll into Heinz Field Uh-oh. on Sunday at 1 o'clock. The line has moved around a little bit, but as it stands right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by three and a half points. Ooh, three and a half. Three and a so half. got to win by So got to yeah. win by four or more. Mm. Arthur Motes, what's the prediction for related to the spread and your final score prediction in general? Oh, man. They got to win by three and a half. Or excuse me, got to win by four. Uh, don't kill me, Steeler Nation. I don't like that at all. I got to rock with the Seahawks for, for betting purposes. For betting purposes. For betting purposes. And what is your final score prediction? All right, don't hit me, Steeler Nation. I uh, just don't think that it happens this week. I think that they do drop it. I think it's close. I think they see a drastically better performance. I have them killing San Fran next week, though, and going on a run after that. For clarification, for context purposes. So you've got the Seahawks... Plus three and a half. Yes, I, I think they're. I think they'll win 28 Sorry, sorry, still nation. I love you guys. You know that. I'm gonna give you my prediction here. Oh, is you gonna get off your chest? Are you gonna tell them why you mad? Is that what you about to do? Cause Arthur it's Motes, time. Arthur Motes, I got a message for Steeler Nation. Talk right? to him, man. And this isn't necessarily for all of Steeler Nation, but I think they'll enjoy it too. Okay. It's for the jumping off the Clemente Bridge, Steeler Nation. Talk to him. It's for the all-no... Get it off your chest. It's the all-no, we suck, Steeler Nation. Tell him why you're mad. Come on. Last Sunday sucked. Without a doubt. You wait months for that game. Months. And it felt like it was over within minutes. Come on now. It was an absolute gut punch. I get it. Come on now. It drives you nuts. Come on now. To lose to those guys. Those guys. In that stadium. That stadium. In blowout fashion once again. Unreal. I'm, I'm there with you. I'm screaming at the TV. Uh-huh. I'm pulling my hair out. I'm losing my mind. And that's a lot of hair. And I think maybe it's one of the most maddening parts about being a fan, right, Mozi, okay. is that there's really not much you can control. Hey, very true. Especially your emotions. That's maybe the one thing you should be able to control. They it's say keep really off the internet. That's what they say. But you know the one thing you can control you is better a fan, tell Arthur them why you miss, son. Tell them. The atmosphere inside Heinz Field oh. Sunday at oh. 1 o'clock. Uh-huh. Because you know what? What? We ain't Cleveland. Oh. We ain't New York. Nah, bruh. We ain't Cincinnati. Not a chance. We're not that team down in Washington who shall not be named. Shall not be named. One bad loss and we aren't going to turn and tuck our tails and turn into a bunch of chicken littles. We don't know what retreat is. The one thing you can control as a Steelers fan, as a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the one thing legitimately... Get it off your chest! ...is the atmosphere inside Heinz Field at kickoff. Electric. 
You can't control the play calling. Nah. You can't control the personnel. Nah. You can't control how many carries James Conner gets. You nah. can't control the flags that nah. the referees throw. You, you, you can't decide any of that stuff. None of it. You can't decide how many times the Steelers are going to throw the ball versus how many times they're going to hand it off. Absolutely. But you can have that place jumping oh. early and let this team know you haven't lost the Yes, faith. sir. Yes, sir. Sunday night sucked. Talk to him. But guess what, Mozi? What's up, Wes? At 1 p.m. on Sunday. What's going to happen, Wes? We ride. Oh. At 1 p.m. on Sunday, Talk we to him. go again. Let's do it. 1 p.m. on Sunday, we start feeling good about this team again. Ah. So wash your jersey. Let's do it. Wash it up real nice. Dust off that terrible towel that you threw behind the couch in frustration oh, yeah. last Sunday night. And get ready to go again. That's why you're Wesley Euler. That's what you do. That's what you do. Because this is Pittsburgh, uh, a blue-collar town, without and a doubt, punches us in the gut. What do we do? We don't sit around and cry about it. It hurt. We uh, punch back and do something about it. Oh my God! Let's go. I'm ready to run through a wall, West. Ah! Steelers 28, Seahawks 24. I love it. And we start feeling good about this team again. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Whew. I, I had to let that one out. I love that. The one thing you can control is that atmosphere inside the stadium. Without one o'clock on Sunday. Gets me going. Don't tuck your tail. Nah. Get ready to go again. Absolutely. Because Sunday at one o'clock, we run. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to everybody who chimed in on social media. Uh, thanks to our guy, Wes, for producing the program. Great job with the Hey, shout out, man. Wes is phenomenal on the ones and twos, man. Best in the business. We'll break it all down on Monday. It'll be a Professor Moats Monday. And if I have any say about it, and if you, Steeler Nation, have any Steel say about it. Nation. It'll be a victory Monday as Woo! well. We will talk to Yins at high noon on Monday as always. Same time, same place. Right here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.